The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It's Thursday, August 25th, and I officially made it through the wedding. Everything (laughs) went great. Thank you to everyone who messaged me asking how my speech went and just giving me support, like giving me some words of wisdom. It was really helpful. It made me feel much more confident going into it. Um, Sounds like you did a great job. Yeah. So, I mean, I I hope so. I did cry like immediately. I like <laughs> went into like right when I got past the intro part, I was like sniffling and I was like, and then she started crying and then we both were crying. And then I like had to be like, okay, fucking get it together, bitch. Like, <laughs> so the whole speech, I like went through it with like a crying voice, like, Shannon is just like a great sister. And, <laughs> but I did it. I went through the whole thing. You got through it. Yeah. And, Honestly, so many people at the wedding that I didn't even know came up to me and they were like, your speech was so amazing. Like, I know it's not easy to do. It was so well written. My sister said the DJ even came up to her and said how good it was. So I was like, maybe they're just nice, but maybe it was good. (laughs) No, I feel like if someone really appreciates something, they make an effort to tell you. So, Like, I was confident in what I wrote. Like, it was well written. I was just worried I didn't, like, deliver it as well as I wanted to because I was, like, a little choked up. But I think I still did, like, mostly good. Sounds like you did great. And then the the best man's, his was uh, good too. It was just like short, had a few jokes. Um, he didn't cry or anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so mine was really from the heart. <laughs> I feel like the best man's speeches are usually kind of jokey and a little bit funny for the most part. Yeah, it was cute. I mean, he said his dad helped him, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything else was good. It was a few really long days, but it was so much fun. Everything, there was no drama, no problems. My sister did a great job planning everything. Um, I danced yeah, she's a lot. On a nice honeymoon. Oh, I'm so jealous. She's in St. <laughs> Lucia and she's sending me pictures. And I'm just like, oh, I want to go back on vacation. Oh, so nice. So jealous. They're just like having drinks in the pool out of coconuts. And there's like, <laughs> not to talk about cats more, but there's like a billion stray cats that just like hang around the <laughs> resort, which makes it sound like it's gross, but they're not. They're just like chilling. <laughs> and then just like come and let you pet them. It's like my dream. Resident cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now I got to get on planning mine. Yeah, your turn next. Uh, I finally just gathered like all the addresses to send the save the dates. So my plan is to get those done this weekend. It'll go so quickly. Time flies. You'll be here before you know it. Uh, I wanted to use my sister's DJ because I liked him a lot, but he's fucking booked already. Oh, so rude. Someone's very organized. <laughs> I know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't know how I'm going to send your save the day. I have no idea how to send international mail. I don't know. If you Google, it should say, like, you just literally just need stamps, I think, but you just have to find out the amount of stamps that you need. I know, like, the international price of stamps is like $1.40, but I don't know how much. It, I'll probably just bring it to the post office and be like, please make this get to the location <laughs> on here. <laughs> I sent you a picture, though, just in case. They look, yeah, they look, yeah. I've got an e copy. I'm, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you're the first one to get yours, technically. Very exciting. Mm hmm. Yeah, how was your weekend? 
Yeah, not too much has been going on here. Just same old trucking along, nearly at the end of winter. We nearly made it, which I know I feel like I bang on about winter all the time, <laughs> but um, I'm not equipped for winter, clearly. So, yeah, only a few more days, all going well, nothing really too mm. exciting happening, just busy, busy back into the swing of things. We've got a few weeks left before the kids go on their spring break, which is going to be nice. Um, nice. Yeah, no, not too much, just, yeah, generally. Nice. very fulfilling. <laughs> yes, I feel like your weekend was much more fulfilling than mine was last. Hell yeah! <laughs> Finally, a victory for me. <clears throat> I do have my book club tonight, which it's been a while because I missed a few when we're away, and then have had had other things on. So I'm excited for that. That's good. Did you read the book? I did. It was. Um, I actually listened to the book for the first time ever. Like I've been resisting doing audio books. I don't even know why because I feel like I'll listen to a ton of them, but mm. I just like the actual. Um, kind of ritual of reading, like going to yeah. bed and actually reading a book, but I just don't do it. <laughs> well, that's, that was so. my problem. I used to read like all the time when <laughs> Me too. I was younger and had less to do. But then I started doing Audible, which it's it's a little like expensive depending on your budget. Um, but you get like a free credit every month, so you get like a free book every month. And I would do yeah. that, and I would listen to them like while I was working. So I do well, like I listen- that. When I drive to work, I like drive like 20 to 30 minutes each way. So like that's a fair amount of time if I listen per day like that's you know. So I did that and it was actually a very quick book. It was Tanqueray by the guy who writes or does Humans of New York. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it was really good. Like it's a very – I feel like it's more of a short story than a book. So if you're looking for kind of a quick but very interesting read, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Hmm. I've been thinking about doing Audible again, but I just, my problem is like with podcasts, it's one thing if you're working kind of zone out because you're working, but sometimes I'd be doing my job and I'd have to focus on something and then I'd be like, wait, I have no idea what's going on in this book. <laughs> I actually listened to the book when I was doing grocery shopping the other day and I like, I kept thinking, I don't, what, I don't know what's going on. I've just like, I wasn't <laughs> focused. Whereas yeah. why I think in the car, it's good because I literally have nothing else to do except drive the car. So. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'd listen to them when I was going to sleep and I'd fall asleep but then I'd be yeah. like okay what is the last part I actually remember <laughs> you have to try and skip back through the chapters to see where you went to sleep yeah mm. but no anyway it was good I enjoyed it nice and one more thing before we get into the episode we do just have a podcast recommendation for you I know you guys love when we give you guys recommendations we've talked about them before and it's the murder diaries podcast hosted by Natalie and Paige and the two of them they met on Bumble BFF Yes, like the dating app, but the version for friends. They swiped right and instantly bonded over tacos and true crime. Who doesn't love that? Thus, the murdery, the murdery, <laughs> thus, the Murder Diaries podcast was born. Every week they tell one true crime story at a time. The Murder Diaries podcast listeners span all age ranges and demographics, but the bulk are millennials and Gen Xers. So the Murder Diaries gives voices to the voiceless, humanizing and sharing the stories of true crime victims. They also spread awareness about unresolved cases. That's what they say, but that listeners can tell you better. Here are two listener reviews. The first one is, as a family member of someone that has been murdered and their case has gone cold, I appreciate podcasts like this that get the victim's stories out to make people more aware of cases they may not have known about. They do it in such a respectful way and I've really enjoyed listening. 
And the second great review says, I could listen to Paige and Natalie all day. The way they tell the story makes me feel like I'm literally talking to them and they're pulling the words right out of my head. I recommend them to all my friends interested in true crime. So the Murder Diaries releases every Thursday. It's available on all podcast platforms. So make sure you search for and subscribe to the Murder Diaries on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. You can also find them on TikTok and Instagram at the Murder Diaries pod. So our episode about Kylie Rodney has literally just come out in the last, you know, 12 or 14 hours or whatever. Um, As we said at the end, there was an update and Kylie has been found. So we'll start off today's episode by kind of discussing discussing her recovery and the things that we've learned in the last few days. And then we're also going to discuss other cases that Adventures with Purpose have solved. Um, There's there's a lot. So we're going to go into the next pretty fascinating really how some of these cases have been unsolved for decades and these guys go in and find the missing person within minutes sometimes it's crazy a mother is missing her 16 year old daughter yeah tomorrow marks two weeks since the trucky teenager disappeared after attending a party at a campground she was either hung over or just had a really rough day she looked distressed when do you think that this took place parked his van right here facing that direction her vehicle was parked right over here. I have set a radius of 10 miles around Prosser Creek Reservoir. We're going to work hard to clear Stampede, Independence, Boca, and Prosser Creek all within that 10 mile range. I have just located in the corner of this cove here a target that I cannot identify. 18 different agencies, over 19,000 man hours have been put into this. I'm a firm believer in second chances. However, some things don't deserve forgiveness. Taking the life of a 16-year-old deserves zero forgiveness. There, you see that? It doesn't make sense, though. It's only 10 feet of water. We definitely have something man-made. If this is her, you know, this means all hope is lost as far as her still being out there, her being found safe. What would you want to say to Kylie tonight? I love her so, so much. So many people love you. And we're all looking and we're all trying so, so hard. And I'm so sorry we haven't found you yet, but... We're not giving up and and um, and just hang in there, speeding this place. I don't want to find her. I, I want to be able to clear all this water and be able to tell the family she's not here. She's not here. Our job is to be here to find the where. I see the vehicle and the license plate. We have just found Kylie's vehicle over. All right, so just to start off with Kylie Rodney, Adventures with Purpose started searching for her on Saturday, August 20. I've read that they searched multiple waterways in the area on the first day that they arrived, but they didn't find anything. There's an Adventures with Purpose diver named Doug Bishop, who is kind of very forefront of the media, and you'll hear a lot about him in this episode. But he said that they, quote, already cleared everything in Truckee, including all the little ponds, based on confidential information we received in regards to her disappearance. So that's what they said on the first day. Um, I thought they would probably find her on the first day just based on their track record and was a little bit, not shocked, but a little bit um, surprised. Yeah, surprised and maybe slightly disheartened. Oh, gosh, if they can't find her. And just, you know, just based on their previous track record. But yeah. Um, on day two, they decided to search an area on Prosser Lake. Um, they didn't search this area on the first day, even though it was very, very close to where the party had been held because police assured the team that it had already been properly searched. 
it was the section of lake that was actually closest to where the party was held, which you think would absolutely make the most sense to yeah. search. Um, this info about the recovery is from the New York Post. Another diver for Adventures with Purpose named Josh Cantu said, police told us they did a rigorous search of this body of water. They gave us a grid map and made us confident that we didn't need to search there. So within literally minutes of them diving into this water, one of the team members named Nick Rin found a body in a car close to the shore. He said, I went down and I did my inspection. I saw the vehicle was upside down. I verified the license plate and that there were remains in the vehicle. Then I came out, we called the family and authorities and we let it take it from there. He said he first spotted the car, which wasn't visible from the surface via sonar. Once he got down in the water, he said he could see it was down about 14 feet. He said, our sonar showed a bigger object than a rock that shouldn't have been there. One of our divers went underwater and was able to identify the vehicle. It's kind of interesting and I guess important to note too that the water levels in this reservoir had been higher two weeks ago. So I don't know how much higher they were, but I guess the car essentially was in more than 14 feet of water um, at that time. So the diver Nick Rin said, now that the water has receded and we're seeing the vehicle went farther into the water than maybe the police thought. When a vehicle goes into the water, it has air trapped in it for a while. So it will float for a little ways before it fills with water and sink. So I've heard kind of varying um, distances that the car was found from the shore. I've heard it was either 20 to 40 feet. I've also heard it was 55 feet. So either way, it wasn't too far away from the shore. The area is known to the locals as the sanctuary and overlooks the Prosser Creek Reservoir. So the Adventures with Purpose episode on Kylie's recovery isn't out yet. They did do a live stream and they have also released a little tiny bit of footage and there's footage of them kind of going down and they they zoom in on the license plate of her car. So. It's so eerie to see. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's just so crazy to me that she was so close for two weeks. Um, I don't know. Like I know the sheriff has said – that it's hard to search in that water and at some places it was up to 60 feet deep or nearly 60 feet but I can't believe I surely this car wasn't in 60 feet and then it got down to 14 feet yeah that'd be crazy I feel like maybe they just didn't have the right equipment to search um or maybe they just didn't expect it to be so far like out like they said like maybe they just searched kind of closer to the shore yeah but it's also I just have so many I haven't seen a good picture of exactly where it is I know you posted one but I'm so curious as to how her car like got into the water like did she just totally fuck up and just drive straight into it because it doesn't seem like there was a lot of disturbed rock or dirt that you could tell like if it rolled and didn't seem like there was damage to the car no I, I, I did read that maybe one or two of the windows or some of the windows were broken but I don't know if that's true or if the windows were just down, like she could have left the windows down in the car and that maybe is why it sank more quickly. Um, like it, what, with what Adventures with Purpose were saying about how the car floats for a little while, you would think that surely someone who was at the party would have seen that. I feel like, um, I don't know, it depends how fast maybe she hit the water, but I feel like it would make yeah. kind of a loud sound. Yeah. I feel like she must have just gotten lost and like driven. And I would, I think I, I would um be less confused if she was in a very secluded area but where her car was found was super close to where the party was I'm assuming there was still a whole bunch of people there um I don't know I don't know if we'll ever know now maybe some people will start coming forward now that they know what's actually happened to her and we'll find out a little bit more yeah I mean it's sad how just one if 
I guess we don't exactly know what happened, but it seems like she drank and drove probably and drove off the road accidentally. And it's sad how just one mistake like that can just ruin your whole life. I have also seen that when she was found, she was found in the backseat of the car and a lot of people were then screaming, foul play, why would she be in the backseat? But we'll go into it in this episode too, but eventually with purpose have said that it's actually quite common for people who enter the water in their car to be found in the backseat, either because they undo their seatbelt to try and escape or in this case, probably she was intoxicated and there's a few other cases today that we'll discuss where um, the person may have been intoxicated and might not have even been wearing a seatbelt in the first place. Mm-hmm. So they said essentially the body often moves around the car um, in the water and that's not unusual for someone to be found in the back seat, which makes sense to me. Yeah. It just It's crazy because even – I don't know if the pictures that were posted where you can kind of like see the car through the water, mm. that was when they already started pulling it up a bit because yeah. you could see it from the sky. Yeah, that, I think that might have been – because I think they must have flipped it to bring it out too. So they didn't bring it out on its roof. I think they went down and somehow flipped it and then pulled it out that way. Yeah, so when the top's they did, like brighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at some point, yeah, like 14 feet isn't too deep. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just – it's crazy. It's, it's, it's the outcome that I thought would probably happen. I just maybe didn't expect it to be so close to where she was last seen. Yeah, it's like – not shocking really but is at the same time just because it took so long to like actually find her yeah so they haven't established or released a cause of death for kylie yet i believe they've conducted an autopsy but i'm assuming it will probably take a while i'm assuming her body would have probably been in quite poor condition um someone messaged us and said wow and i think they said they had to identify her using dna or something like that and someone said wow would she have really been in that bad condition and i think absolutely like two Mm -hmm. weeks in the water in probably warm-ish conditions yeah definitely not make for an easy identification and probably not an easy autopsy either (laughs) i said (laughs) um yeah i mean just think about sorry just think about being in the shower or like the pool or anything for too long your skin gets so like soggy already just then never mind i tried to two weeks i tried to google and i found one that gave kind of examples of after three weeks in the water so a little bit longer than she'd been in the water but it basically said things like the skin would have turned black and blistered and bloated it's just not very pleasant no so after Kylie was found, her family released this statement. I'll read it because a lot of people have said how eloquent and kind of well-written it's so it was. nice. I thought yeah. that too. Um, it says, friends, family, law enforcement, media, and our global community, we are eternally grateful for the love and support you have shown us in the last couple of weeks. We have weathered a storm of unfathomable force, and it is purely thanks to the army of warriors, matriarchs, healers, and helpers holding us up that we continue to stand today. Mr. Rogers famously told a story of looking for helpers whenever he saw scary things in the news. We have not had to look for the helpers as you have come to our rescue in full force. We are forever indebted to you. While we accept this sadness cast under death's shadow, the rising sun shines light upon us, reminding us not to mourn our loss but to celebrate Kylie's spirit and the gift we all received in knowing her. Kylie will surely remain with us even though we will not get her back. There are certain occasions when words fail. Perhaps this is why our human nature has given us art, dance, and music, which all are often more effective ways to connect us to each other and our rawest emotions. Kindly excuse us as we retreat and dance privately to life's song while we celebrate our daughter's spirit and heal our souls. In gratitude, the Rodney Neiman family. So nice. 
Oh, it gives me goosebumps, really. Oh. I know, it's so well written. I wonder who wrote it. Yeah, especially for people who had just undergone this enormous loss and grief and, yeah, so eloquent. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into the episode now. According to the website, since 2019, Adventures with Purpose have solved 23 missing, missing persons cold cases. I guess that's 24 now with Kylie's. For anyone not familiar with the group, it's a group made up of volunteer divers who travel across America looking for clues in missing person cold cases. The group is based out of Bend in Oregon and they have a very large social media following. They've got two and a half million subscribers on YouTube and 1.4 million followers on Facebook. The group formed in 2019 and they provide their services to families for free. They are funded by donations and advertising on all their social media channels. If you go on their website, they've got a lot of merch and things like that as well. But I think the majority of money comes from donations and advertising. Um, the group uses sonar equipment, as we mentioned, in their investigations. As well as the divers, there are production crew members who film all the searches and document them on YouTube. I really recommend going to their YouTube. Their videos are very well done fascinating videos about how they find all these missing people definitely go and check it out so doug bishop who we also mentioned before is the lead investigator and diver for adventures with purpose he told fox 2 detroit that adventures with purpose actually started out as an environmentalist group the founder jared lazek said that he was into diving and cleaning up waterways to help clean the environment Doug Bishop said his efforts led to a vehicle being discovered underwater here in the city of Portland, Oregon. Then he just started focusing on pulling the vehicles out. So Jared and Doug kind of peered up, uh, paired up, sorry. Jared and Doug paired up. Doug owned a towing company and they worked together to start pulling vehicles from the water for environmental purposes and then Adventures with Purpose grew from there. Doug told the media that the use of sonar equipment is what separates the group from law enforcement. Sonar equipment can reveal what's underwater that human eyes cannot see because it's too dark. Doug has said there's no school really that teaches sonar and that he and the team have had to learn the equipment as time has gone on and you know, as the amount of missions that they've gone on has increased. So from now on, we'll just refer to Adventures with Purpose as AWP, just for a little bit of an <laughs> abbreviation and less of a tongue twister. According to AWP, many police departments may have sonar equipment, but they may not understand actually how to use it and all the technicalities that go along with it. Doug has said that many law enforcement agencies have reached out to AWP for help over the years. He's also speculated on how many missing people he actually believes are in the water undiscovered. He said there are a lot of people that are missing underwater in America. I would estimate probably several thousand people. It happens all the time, whether it's an accident, whether it's suicide or murder. He said we have developed a set of skills that's led us in this direction. And he also said, I guess there is something that's extra in the universe that's guided us together on this journey to help men families. We're just good guys trying to do good in the world. So I guess that could kind of explain how law enforcement, even though with Kylie anyways, how they had sonar and they said they used it, maybe how they missed it. Like, I guess it's probably honestly something that they don't use that frequently. Yeah. If you think about like how many cases are there in like a small town or even like a smaller city, whatever. And even though they said they had sonar, like I wonder what they had. Like, yeah, it might not be as advanced or. Yeah. Or as. Yeah, I don't know, like a different level of sonar that Adventures with Purpose have or something like that maybe. Because I know they they did say the water was muddy and like you mentioned last episode, like the car probably stirred up a lot of the dirt. Yeah. So, so that did make it, it harder to see. Murky. Yeah. Especially if they search that area earlier on. So it might have been more clear when Adventures with Purpose got there. But 
I don't know. I'm just trying to. And I guess too. Yeah, they missed it. I guess too. When they said the water was higher, maybe it was a little bit easier for Adventures with Purpose to get. I don't know. I don't know. It's all speculation. We don't really know, but maybe that made a, a difference in how quickly they were able to find her. Yeah. So AWP list all the missing people that they found on the website. I'll just read them out. So there's Jed Hall, Dedrick Smith, Jimmy Amable, Ralph Brown, Virginia Collier, Margaret Shoup Smith, Annie Lee Hampton, Stephanie Torres, Samantha Hopper and her baby Courtney Holt, Nadine Moses, Thomas Thornton, John Zarkowski, Richard Ritz, Tammy Goff, Antonio Amaro Lopez, Charles Fluarty. Is that who you say it? Fluarty? Fluarty. Fluarty. Fluarty, Charles Fluarty, <laughs> Charles Fluarty, oh, yeah, I don't know, Carrie Mae Parker, Jeff Shepard, Bill Simmons, Ethan Kazmazak, N- Nicholas Allen, Timothy Robinson, Nathan Ashby, and of course now Kylie Rodney. So we're going to discuss today some of the cases where Adventures with Purpose have been successful in recovering these missing people. And the first one we're going to talk about is the case of Ethan Kazmazak. We are confirmed, Volkswagen Jetta, four-door gray in color, AUZ 387, license plate number. Unfortunately, as the search effort grows larger, the progress has remained the same. There have been no leads. So police hope you'll take a good look at his pictures. Could make the difference in finding him. He was last seen here at a party in rural Hampton on September 15th. Police have found no evidence suggesting what happened after that. We were here last month looking for Ethan and his Volkswagen Jetta. This time, one of our viewers reached out to us after seeing that video on October 2nd and said, Jared, Sam, we think that you missed something. And on that tip, we came back a month later and yesterday we found Ethan. Today they pulled him out of the water. This is one episode you're not going to want to miss. So the first one we're going to talk about is Ethan Burt Kazmerzak. He was born on April 12, 1991, and he was 22 when he went missing in September on September 15, 2013, in Hampton, Iowa. This info about him comes from his family. He graduated from Hampton Dumont High School, class of 2009. Ethan then attended University of Iowa in Iowa City, where he was a member of the University of Iowa Marching Band, uh, the concert band, and writing group in which he had poems and short stories published. He enjoyed volunteering at the Windsor Theater in Hampton that his great-great-grandfather and great-grandfather had owned and operated. Ethan was a member of the Hampton United Methodist Church. He enjoyed and participated in many branches of the arts. He played multiple instruments, was a member of the municipal band. Ethan was also active in events sponsored by Franklin County Arts Council, especially drama productions. In his spare time, he enjoyed movies, reading, writing, theater. So it seems like he really liked the arts, music, theater, writing, all that. He also really loved the Grateful Dead and got a tattoo in honor of the band. His mother, April, said he was 18 and he knew he could do it, so he did it. She said, I said, why the Grateful Dead? And he said, well, I love their music. Good enough reason for me. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, his family had a website at the time, findethan.com, and according to that, he had been seen at several pubs on September 14th, which is the night that he vanished. It was reported that he was last seen at a party at a gravel pit pond located behind a house on the 1400 block of 190th Street in Hampton. His phone was last used at 1230 a.m. on September 15th, and he called his mother just before this at 1215 a.m. 
She missed the call and told the media, that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Did he leave a message? Did it not go through? Was he going to say something? Wasn't he? Yeah, I get to live with that. So that's sad. Mm. The last data from his phone came from the intersection of 190th Street and Olive Avenue. His bank accounts hadn't been accessed since that night. Um, he went missing along with his vehicle, a silver 2006 Volkswagen Jetta. So just it seems like in terms of Adventures with Purpose, when people go missing with their vehicles, that's kind of what they look for to start. I guess, too, because if they're in the vehicle, they're less likely to, say, maybe move far away from the area where they last were because the vehicle would sink, whereas mm-hmm. a body would probably be more likely to be carried downstream or like you know maybe not in this case because it might be a pond but you like just as a general rule yeah they would they would usually remain with the vehicle you'd think yeah and i feel like if it's just a body free floating like be much harder, to harder to, yeah yeah um so ethan's family entered his dna into namus and they also provided his dental information at the time he disappeared, Franklin County Sheriff Larry Ricksmeyer, a longtime friend of the family, said that he believed something criminal had happened to Ethan. And that was due to the fact that the car hadn't been found. Its VIN number and license plate were registered nationwide as missing, and the area junkyards had all been searched, but still nothing turned up. So Ethan's family searched his apartment, said nothing was disturbed. His family searched for him for years. His mother, April, spoke about the experience and said, yes, it changes you as a person. Yes, you're not the same at all whether you let it drag you down or you go on and become a better or much changed person you just have to as of 2020 the reward for information in his case stood at hundred thousand dollars and in september and october 2020 awp traveled to iowa to search for ethan they used their equipment on many different ponds in the area they searched a few in september without success but on monday october 26 2020 the team searched another pond that had been that had been searched twice already. In a YouTube video that they posted, Jared Lisek asked another AWP member, is your heart racing? You're choking up. I'm choking up. They dropped a magnet into the spot where it picked up something on their sonar and the magnet stuck, which kind of confirms that it's a vehicle or at least something metal underwater. Ethan's Volkswagen was pulled from the pond with human remains inside. Franklin County Sheriff Aaron Dodd confirmed the Iowa State Medical Examiner's Office identified Ethan's remains as the remains found in the vehicle. As far as we can tell, there no cause of death has ever been made public. Um, probably wouldn't be able to determine one, really, um, due to the length of time that he was in the water. You'd um, think there wouldn't be much left after seven years or however long he was in the water for that it would be bones probably. yeah there's probably no tissue or anything yeah. left so i think it's safe to assume to an extent how he died but what led him into the water i guess is more the question was he drinking was he doing drugs like anything like that that will probably always remain a mystery there's an article from december 2020 that discusses awp and their right to claim the hundred thousand dollar reward as of september 2020 the media reported that their reward was still active but Hampton businessman Bradley Staley, who coordinated the reward among five among the five original donors, said the money was pledged and not paid up front and was not renewed for 2020. So basically people said that they would pay this amount, but the money they was never down to it. Yeah, yeah the money was pay. never collected in 2020. It's also a rough year for people. Yeah. Um true. so Brad Stanley, the 
guy who coordinated it all, he said, as you can imagine, with pledges seven years after the fact, there would have been businesses that pledged that are no longer in business. People that pledge that are no longer alive, people that pledge whose financial situations have severely changed. Um, Jared from AWP spoke to the media about the reward. He said, we never pursued Ethan's case because there was a reward tied to it. But if you take away this reward, you have ruined the integrity of what rewards are there for. So I get that. I mean, you can't really say there's a reward for something and be like, eh, never mind. And especially the month before, like, do you know, like, obviously. They're still, like, talking about it. This media, I don't know why the media has reported that maybe they just didn't believe that he would ever be found. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's crazy that he was – they searched for him on the month that the media article was posted about the reward and found him the following month and they still weren't able to get it. Yeah, it's also probably not a great look to be like, actually, never mind on that reward. We yeah, can't afford it anymore. Yeah. So – but yeah, like I get what Adventures of Purpose is saying. Like they're not in it for the reward. Would it be nice? Sure. But it just kind of makes you question all rewards now. Like, yeah. is the money paid up front or is it going to be like, surprise, we don't have it? I did read another article too. I think it was about Crime Stoppers and how they um, kind of structure their reward system. And they said they very rarely offer a large reward. And I'm guessing it's for purposes like this. Like it's usually around five or maybe $10,000. And they've said essentially the amount of money makes no difference. If someone, like, and especially when you're only probably talking, when I say only $100,000, like someone, you know, is going to come forward maybe if they had the information. I don't really think the extra $80,000 is going to make a difference if you do a ten dollars or $20,000 reward. Yeah, like I would come forward for $5,000. Like that'd be yeah, nice. If you I'd saw up- someone driving into a pond, yeah, like you're not going to hold out and hope they increase Yeah, it to I'm not going to be like, well, maybe I'll wait till they raise it to 100000 And I guess, you know, Crime Stoppers especially is probably an agency that deals with, with rewards the most. So they would know the right protocol to have. Yeah. Jared from AWP went on to say, so we just ask a God-loving country of donors to do what's right in their hearts. Um, can't find any other updates with the reward or anything else besides that so that's kind of where that story ends for now anyways there was some kind of speculation that awp may take legal action to get the reward i don't think they would um they they haven't as far as i can tell no and especially if they are so in demand at the moment i feel like they are getting quite a lot of donations obviously a hundred thousand dollars would go a long way but i feel like it's probably just not on their priority list at the moment with how big like Kylie's cases just even their YouTube views are going to go up Um, and I know people make a decent amount of money off YouTube if they have 2 million subscribers but yeah they deserve it but I just don't see them pursuing legal action no so the next case solved by AWP was a really cold one it's about Samantha Jean Hopper and her 22 month old daughter Courtney Holt They both disappeared from Russellville, Arkansas on September 11, 1998. I believe that Samantha was eight months pregnant at the time that she disappeared. Samantha Jean Hopper went missing in 1998. Samantha Hopper, a mother who was reported missing in September of 1998. It's been 23 years. She went missing 1998. Hopper was eight months pregnant at the time of her disappearance. She was last seen in Russellville, Arkansas. She came home from work and told her mother that she and her 22-month-old daughter, Courtney Holt, and a friend were going to a concert in Little Rock, Arkansas, and will be back on September 12th. This is one of those cases that your family knows about, your kids know about, uh, and it's emotional. Samantha Hopper and her daughter were reported missing back in September of 1998. They were traveling in a blue 
1989 Ford Tempo. So Samantha was 19 when she disappeared. She told her mother that she and Courtney, her daughter, were going to a concert in Little Rock, Arkansas, and that she planned to return home the following day. I've read that Samantha had an older daughter who was named Desiree. She was three and a half years old at the time, and she was staying with her grandmother, so she didn't disappear along with her mother and little sister. Samantha was driving a Ford Tempo, and that car also went missing and wasn't recovered. Desiree spoke to the media in 2018, which was 20 years after her mother disappeared. She said, when you go through something traumatic like that at such a young age, the way you get through it is just to forget. It's just easier to forget. There's a detective named Eric Riggs, and he was assigned to the case in 2013. He asked Desiree to complete a DNA swab that was submitted into a national database, I'm assuming probably NamUs, but no matches were ever found. The detective said, we know her social security number has never been used. We also know that her last employer, there was a check on her waiting on her to come pick up. There's things like that that point to this being a tragedy, that something went terribly wrong. This is sad. In 2018, Samantha's mother, Debbie, said that they always kept their family home just in case Samantha ever knew how to make her way back there. Mm. I've heard of a lot of families doing that. They never change their phone number or never move houses just in case their missing person one day can somehow make their way back or get in contact. Yeah. In October 2021, which was 23 years after Samantha disappeared, AWP travelled to Russellville to search for them. They said that they've looked into Samantha's habits and schedule and they determined a possible route that she could have taken on the night that she disappeared. They made a social media post and it said, working from clues as to Samantha's habits and events of that day in 1998, So they split up to scan multiple locations in the area of Lake Dardanelle with AWP taking the route along Mill Creek and they also work with another group called Chaos Divers. The Chaos Divers went into the Illinois Bayou near Pleasant View Road. They'd only been searching for an hour when they made a discovery in the bayou. Chaos Divers was able to sonar under one of the Pleasant View bridges and as soon as the car was viewed on sonar, it was immediately identified as an overturned small car approximately eight feet deep. On October 26, 2021, AWP called the Pope County Sheriff to let them know that they had found a car with human remains inside it. The car was a Ford Tempo that matched the description of Samantha's vehicle. Pope County Sheriff's Office arrived at the lake and contracted the help of Elmo's Crane Service and Battlecross Towing to pull the car out of an eight-foot deep lake. The car was about 25 yards from the riverbank. Samantha's daughter Desiree made the following statement. She said, after being missing for over 23 years, with the assistance of AWP and Chaos Dive teams, we were able to find my mother and my 22-month-old sister. Pope County Sheriff Shane Jones made a statement, and he said, the Pope County Sheriff's Office would like to send our sincere condolences to the family of Samantha Hopper and Courtney Holt. We are thankful to have been a small part of helping bring this 23-year-old case, 23-year-old case to closure. The detective that we mentioned earlier, Eric Riggs, he said, it's been a 10-year case for me. It's one of those cases that your family knows about and that your kids know about and it's emotional. This info about the discovery is from Cairo7.com. The Chaos Divers made another post and it said, while it was gut-wrenching to have to see the tears stream down their faces as they were told the news, it was also incredibly heartwarming to see the smiles on their faces and the weight released from their shoulders, knowing they were potentially bringing loved ones home. Adventures with Purpose members agreed. They said it is our honour to have brought Samantha home. Hug your loved ones. Hug the ones you love for you never know when it might be the last time you see them. 
There are some obituaries that have been published for both Samantha and Courtney, and I just wanted to read a little bit from each one. Samantha said, Samantha was a free spirit and loved to travel. She loved spending time with her family. She was daddy's girl and loved to fish with him. She was very spontaneous and adventurous. She loved her children more than anything and would do anything for them. She was charismatic, loyal, caring, and would always stick up for anyone who needed it. And Courtney said, Courtney was a doll and a sweetheart to many. She had just started walking and saying papa. She loved to play with her sister and go where, wherever her papa went. She was her daddy's butterfly. She loved snuggling with her daddy and chasing her big sister. So very sad that it took the family decades to find those two when they were so close the whole time. It must be so terrible, just never knowing. I know. Imagine living, like even for Desiree, to grow up until, you know, late 20s, early 30s and not know what happened to a mother. Very, very sad. Um, The next one we're going to talk about is the case of missing teen Matthew, nicknamed Jed Hall. So we'll refer to him as Jed. Officials have confirmed the body found in Jed Hall's car was that of the missing teen. Despite the area being searched multiple times before, AWP found the car within 20 minutes of searching. Jed. 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 It's Jed. Jed Hall disappeared nearly three years ago. There was some indications that he was depressed. No lead, no nothing. It's wonderful to know that a lot of people care about him. We crumbled those walls, taking away all hope for a mother that her son is going to drive in any moment. The mom, Amy, was not ready for us to be here. He went missing on January 22nd, 2018, and it's believed he left his home in Idaho in Idaho Falls at 6.51 a.m. that day, he took a 9-millimeter handgun and camping equipment and left in a 2009 Nissan Versa. Jed left a note at home that indicated he may have been planning to take his own life. Jed's family also found a journal after he left where he wrote about being depressed. He also wrote in there about a possible backcountry trip and running away. So it's like, was he running away? Was he committing suicide? Lots to ponder about there. Um this info about Jed's disappearance is from East Idaho News. It says um, she, the mom, she explained the morning her son vanished, started just like any other day. But as Amy Hall got ready for work, one thing stuck out. Jed's bedroom door was left open and a note indicating he may attempt suicide was on his desk. The mother rushed to wake up her husband, Alan Hall, who was a former Idaho Falls police officer. It's believed Jed left home very early on January 22nd, 2018. Investigators found footage of him at his school, the American Heritage Charter School, at 2.31 a.m. on that day. He broke a window, went to his friend's locker where he left a note, cash, and a necklace. It's unclear where Jed went after that. Police obtained ping information for his phone, which showed that the phone either died or it was shut off around 6.48 a.m. that day. And the last ping location shows the phone 0.43 miles southeast of the Verizon Tower located at 1490 Lindsay Boulevard, which includes a section of the Snake River, Highway 20, and it's in close proximity of Interstate 15. So a lot of options. Um, Due to the ping location, investigators believe that Jed and his vehicle may have entered the Snake River. And they conducted at least three searches, including 
using Bonville County Sheriff's Office dive team. And the team used sonar and underwater search equipment, searched areas that fell within the ping data region, but there's still no sign of Jed or his vehicle. Um, Jed's mother, Amy, she spoke to the media again in 2020, and she said, the last almost three years have been hell. Not knowing is really awful. Jed's family made a Facebook page for him titled Missing Jed Hall. They made this post in December 2021. It says, 47 months, three years and 11 months. It's been such a long, frustrating time. I miss you more every day that passes, wondering how you are, what you're doing. I would deeply appreciate a word from you, even if it can't be directly. I love you. In mid-2002, 4.5 years after Jed went missing, AWP reached out to the Idaho Falls Police Department about searching for him. And on May 1st, 2022, the team met with investigators at the Snake River Boat Launch. Doug Bishop from AWP spoke to the media, and he said, We came into this like we come into all cases. We determine if someone is missing and if someone is missing with a vehicle. We specialize in sonar the way that law enforcement doesn't have the capability. Do we have a cell phone ping, a last known location, locations that are frequented, etc.? That's how we base the waterways that we need to search, and that's how we choose those waterways. They only searched for a short time, 20 minutes probably, before they discovered a Nissan Versa 75 yards downstream from the boat ramp. The car was 50 feet from the shore and in an area that was only 8 feet deep. A local towing company was called, and they assisted in retrieving the vehicle. Um, Doug from AWP. He said, no true words can describe their reaction when the, it says in parentheses, when the vehicle is being pulled out of the river. As a parent of a 16-year-old that's still hoping that their son is going to drive down the driveway any day still, seeing the vehicle that they have been looking for for four years for the first time, no true words can describe that. Human remains were discovered in the vehicle. Three days later, on May 4th, the remains were identified as belonging to Jed. Bryce Johnson, chief of Idaho Falls Police Department, said, in any missing person's case, our sincere hope is to find the person alive and well. While this is not the outcome we hoped for, we appreciate all those who have assisted in this investigation and the effort to provide answers to Jed's family and loved ones. Our hearts are with the Hall family and all those who loved, who knew and loved Jed at this time. Interestingly, in both Jed and Ethan's cases, the human remains were discovered in the back seat of the vehicles, like we mentioned earlier. Um, the same thing happened with Kylie. Some people speculate that would mean that there's foul play involved, but this is the explanation from Doug from AWP. He said, it's common in any scenario where someone doesn't have a seatbelt on. If you don't have a seatbelt on, the body will move around the vehicle. And in terms of Jed's case, he said, there's evidence that Jed's vehicle has been in the water since he disappeared four years ago. He said, there is scientific proof that the vehicle has been in there for that long. There was nothing alarming about the vehicle other than the front end and rear window was out, which is strictly due to current and extreme temperatures there in Idaho Falls in the winters, and the debris that float down the river. It was what it would have looked like in other scenarios that we've dealt with. And this info comes from Jed's obituary about him. It says Jed was a kind person, very caring and helpful to others. He was interested in many things and enjoyed travel with his family, camping, marksmanship, building stuff with many different materials, and exploring. He played soccer for years and was a valuable team player. He and a couple of his teammates always raced to take down the net after every game and then hang by their hands on the crossbar for as long as possible. He was a member of the Civil Air Patrol and was a leader who was always ready to help fellow cadets. He completed and won a spot at a summer camp with the Air Force Pararescue. Everyone in the squadron thought highly of him and respected him. 
He was always ready with a batch of his handmade peanut brittle for any fundraiser or birthday. Jed loved water and was always happy playing in it, whether it was the ocean, a lake, or a pool. Some of his favorite time was spent on Lake James in Michigan, fishing for bass or catching sunfish. That is sad. I think it sounds like he probably purposefully drove his vehicle maybe at high speed into the river. Hmm. Um, But yeah, a very sad one. At least I guess they had a relatively quick turnaround in terms of it was only a few years, not decades. But Another one that wasn't very far out or very deep. It was only eight feet. Yeah. All right. So the final Adventures with Purpose case that we're going to discuss today is the recovery of missing woman Carrie Mae Parker. March 17, 1991, 23-year-old Carrie Parker left her job in Quinlan, Texas and was never seen again. For the last 30 years, Trish Gager has been searching for her sister, and most of that time, she's felt alone. And I've been very angry most of my life because I feel nobody looked for her. She hadn't been looked for in 30 years. That is until Adventures with Purpose recently came across her case. Full of a lot of emotions right now as we're in Hunt County, Texas looking for Carrie Parker. We found her car right now. Some of my biggest fears is I didn't even want to be a part of this one right now because the car is 30 years old. She was 23 years old, mother of three, on the way to her son's birthday party. We're so close to having the car out. This is one episode you're not going to want to miss. So Carrie was last seen on March 17, 1991. At the time, she was 23 years old and she had three children. She was working for a company, an air conditioning company called Flanders Precision Air in Terrell, Texas, and she was living with friends in Quinlan, Texas. Her children's names are Mandy, Brandy, and Brian, and all the children were aged under six. Two of the kids lived with their grandfather and one lived with their biological father. Uh, A media article from NBC said that Carrie wanted to give the children a more stable life, so she kind of relinquished custody of them, but she was still involved in their lives. She drove a 1980 bluish-gray Buick Skylark, which also went missing with her. Carrie's sister spoke to Dateline and said that on the day she disappeared, which was March 17, 1991, Carrie went to the Father Howard's house to do laundry and to pick up a paycheck. It was Carrie's son's birthday a few days later and Carrie had been planning a party for him. When the day of the birthday party came though, Carrie didn't show up. The family reported her missing after that. Her sister Patricia said, my father told a constable that she was missing and that constable was supposed to have filed a missing persons report in 1991 in Hunt County. They didn't hear anything from the detectives though and Patricia filed a missing persons report herself a few months later. It turns out, though, that no police officer ever filed the report, or either of the reports, and no investigation was ever conducted. Terrell Police Captain A.D. Sampson told Dateline that they did receive a call from Patricia in 1991 asking police to look into Carrie's whereabouts. However, he says that she didn't file a missing persons report at the time. In 2010, Patricia contacted the police to see if anything had changed with her sister's case, and that's when she discovered that the initial report had been taken as a welfare check instead of a missing person report. She I said, think I it, freak- sorry, sorry, not being rude, but I think it's insane that, like, why in 2010 they were randomly like, mm, let's check in on that. Oh, no, after all these years and not hearing anything. Like, yeah, know. like, hearing nothing, and then finally in 2010, like, no offense to them. I know people be like, oh, you're being rude to the family, but... That's a little insane. Yeah. After so long with nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, Patricia said, I freaked out and called Brandy, who was Carrie's middle child. Brandy was now 32. 
Brandy then called Hunt County and filed a missing person report over the phone. So that meant it took 19 years for a report to be officially filed in this case. Lord. I know. Brandy spoke to the media about this. She said they seemed to put out they seemed put out by the idea that someone expected them to look for a woman who had been missing for 19 years at the time. I had to do the right thing for my mum. Sergeant Jeff Haynes was assigned to be the lead detective on this case. As so much time had passed since Carrie disappeared, he said he found it really tough. He said it's been really hard since there was no physical crime scene to begin with. I don't even know where you'd even start. Like, I know. Imagine no records, no investigation, and you know, like people who were there 19 years ago would either have moved, maybe even be deceased. Like, like would it would just be, be like so hard phone records anything like yeah and a lot of records would have been destroyed you would have thought too um the hunt county sheriff's department made a similar statement in march 2018 they said this has been a very challenging case since we didn't actually have a location to begin our search for carrie may parker they said the investigation has thus far led investigators to track down family members and former associates of Miss Parker's across North Texas and even into Oklahoma, which has resulted in no solid information on her possible whereabouts. Patricia provided DNA to databases in the hope that they could maybe find Carrie that way if she was a Jane Doe or you know had been in the system for whatever reason. Brandy said, we have been living without her for the last 27 years, so we've learned to adapt to this hole in our lives. It hurts us all, but the world still moved without her, and so we had to. In February 2021, Adventures with Purpose started to search for Carrie after her family requested their help. They started searching Lake Tower Connie, and on February 4th, 2021, they came across a Buick that matched the description of the one that Carrie owned. The vehicle was found in 15 feet of water. Carrie's sister Patricia made the following statement at the time. She said, it's with my deepest sadness but peaceful heart that today we did find Carrie's car off the 751 Causeway where it has rested upside down in 15 feet of water for 30 years. Tonight they were only able to retrieve half of the car due to its deteriorated condition. At this time no remains were found but honestly I don't anticipate there to be much if any. Law enforcement made the following statement at the time. They said, I would like to thank the family of Carrie Mae Parker for having the persistence and drive to keep pushing forward to find answers in the disappearance of their family member. It was a privilege for the sheriff's office to be able to work with the family and adventures with purpose to come one step closer to bringing closure to this case, which has been needed for many years. So a month later, in October 2021, Adventures with Purpose travelled back to the area to do another search. This time they actually did find some human remains, a pair of pants, a shoe and a boy's bicycle. It's believed that Carrie had purchased the bike as a present for her son Brian for his birthday. Her sister Patricia said she will have to be identified through DNA, but I have no other reason to believe it is not her. In May this year, so May 2022, the remains were confirmed to belong to Carrie May. The sheriff released this statement and they said, On Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, the Hunt County Sheriff's Office received a missing persons DNA report in reference to Carrie May Parker. It was confirmed that the remains that were recovered in October were those of Parker. The Hunt County Sheriff's Office again would like to express their appreciation to the Adventures with Purpose crew for the hard work and hours spent on this recovery. This 31-year-old missing person case will now be closed. The Hunt County Sheriff's Office will continue to pray for Carrie Parker's family to have comfort and closure. So um, Adventures with Purpose were actually mentioned in Carrie's obituary. It says, Carrie passed away in mid-March of 1991, sometime around St. Patrick's Day. 
She was born on May 12, 1967 in Dallas, Texas to Howard Parker and Elizabeth Parker. Um, Carrie was a young mother who loved celebrating holidays and creating fun memories with her three children. She was a strong-willed, free-spirited woman who enjoyed spending time on the lake and night driving with her kiddos. Carrie disappeared in March of 1991 and it wasn't until February of 2021 that her family learned she was in a car accident that left her and the car submerged in a lake for three decades. Thanks to the location and recovery efforts of a group of divers called Adventures with Purpose, Carrie's family now has answers and are able to bring her home to be laid to rest properly. It's just, it's crazy that they even could figure out like where to start. Mm. (laughs) Even narrow down the areas that she could have been. And after all this time, I guess it's good people kind of remembered what she was doing. And like, I've just looked up the lake where she was found. It's a 37,000 acre reservoir. Like it spans over three counties. So I'm guessing it would have made sense. Like when you look at it, there are a lot of kind of roads that go over this lake. um, Mm -hmm. So it would make sense, but it sounds like it was a massive area to search. Yeah. Which is crazy that they ended up finding her. And I'm also surprised probably they didn't find anyone else while they were searching. Yeah, true. (laughs) I was just looking at um, Adventures with Purpose, uh, their merch, because I was like, maybe I'll buy a shirt. Like it's pretty cool support support the brand mm. the brand the cause whatever and so much is like sold out not really <laughs> yeah i wonder if it's like recently because of everything with kylie or okay so just as kind of an interesting note um in our last episode we mentioned at the end about a missing woman named julissa fuentes she went missing from selma california at the same time basically that kylie went missing august 7th She told her family that she was going to the store and that she would be right back, but she never made it home and her vehicle is also missing as of the 25th of August. So interestingly, Adventures with Purpose have travelled to the area to start searching for Jalissa. I thought they were meant to start searching tomorrow, but there's been an article that's just literally in the last hour came out um, about Adventures with Purpose. It says it's from kmjnow.com. It says, the group of volunteer search and rescue divers arrived in Selma on Wednesday evening. They'll search for Jalissa for three days and plan to check check the area around Pine Flat, which is where her phone last pinged. Thursday morning and afternoon, the non-profit, as in Adventures with Purpose, spent the day at Avocado Lake, which is around seven miles from Pine Flat. Jalissa's family so that they're hoping the divers don't find anything because they'd like to believe that Julissa is still alive, but they'd also like the divers to clear the area so they know that she's not there. Hmm. So Doug from AWP has spoken to the media about this search. He said, when we clear an area, it is clear, and that in itself is a huge success when it comes to attempting to locate someone that is missing. Being able to clear areas completely completely confidently and without a doubt allows resources to be applied in a more efficient way in other areas. He also told the media that he's spoken to Jalissa's family. He said, they know we are not coming in to provide false hope, but at the same time, what we are able to do at the very least is look them in the eye and tell them where Jalissa is not. He said he has one clear message to the family and that he also hopes they don't find her and that she's still out there. He said, my message would be that we don't want to find your daughter, your sister, or your niece. I hope she's still out there. That is a very tough message to convey. But at the same time, if it's an accident or something that has happened and she's there underwater, I do want to find her and return her to her family so they will have the answers that they need. Hmm. Um, Police have said that they are treating Julissa's case as a criminal matter and they're following up leads from New Mexico to Fresno County and that basically she doesn't have a digital footprint anymore because her phone has been turned off for weeks. 
they've tried to get uh, warrants for her social media, which I guess is a process. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm assuming if she's in any of these areas, we will have an update to put in this next episode and maybe we can put a clip in. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of parallels to some of the other cases we talked about. Yeah, well, she's missing with her car and I've, I've had a few messages this week about missing people and it's funny, I think everyone's on the Adventures with Purpose bandwagon now. They're like, why don't they get them to search? And it, like, <laughs> I feel like their criteria is they need to be missing with their car mm-hmm. or have a solid, very, very solid reason to believe they're in the water. Someone brought up Bryce Laspisa, I think, or Laspisa, which he's been missing for a while, but he crashed his car and got out of his car before he went missing, so the car isn't missing. Yeah, it seems like the car is kind of the big factor in how they find these people and i guess if they use magnets they're going to need something magnetic to you know Mm -hmm. something metal to magnetize to yeah but you know i also hope somehow that they don't find julissa but i guess her family need closure at some point to figure out what's happened to her yeah i guess it's still like she hasn't been missing for that long where they they can still have hope that she might be alive somewhere or something it was a case and it's it's not we had a case on our Instagram page in the last few days where a woman went missing and there was video of her um like she was on the CCTV kind of walking and then she started running so everyone's like wow what was she running from but it turns out that she just took off of her own accord and she's fine so there is Mm. always that chance until she's found but it's um I guess it's much harder to hide with your car as well if you are trying to stay hidden yeah yeah, whenever the car is missing for that long, I feel like it's a red flag. It has flag. to be some type of accident, yeah. Mm-hmm. In Julissa's case, police have spent 288 hours searching the area since her disappearance. And they've used 16 off-road vehicles and they've covered 1,700 ground miles. Um, the police have said, we're doing all with the re- doing all we can with the resources we have. But in saying that, I feel like in Kylie's case, they said they logged over 19,000 man hours and they still didn't find her, so... So you can't always believe them. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they're doing it, but it doesn't always mean that it's like successful. Yeah, might be a yeah big wasted effort sometimes. Yep, seems like it. So that is it for this episode. Um, there's tons more about Adventures with Purpose out there. Like we read the list before. Um, check out their YouTube, all that. You can learn about all the cases. We did a blog on these cases, so you could see specifically the videos and everything about these cases over there at truecrimesocietyblog.com. Um, check out our Instagram. That's where we're the most active with posting, really. It's at True Crime Society. I think we're finally unshadow banned, maybe. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Although I'm not They've positive. said that we'll be back again. <laughs> I feel like we've been getting like a little more activity than over- we have been over the last couple of weeks when we were shadow banned, so mm. hopefully. Um, yeah, I'm probably jinxing us. But yeah, that's at True Crime Society. You can follow our personal accounts. Mine is Steph Sum underscore Olivia's TCS Olivia. You can find both of them tagged in the True Crime Society Instagram bio. So make sure to check out our accounts as well so you can put our cute little faces to our cute little voices. Um, leave us a review on Apple. Only nice ones because, like, my confidence <laughs> is at like an all-time low because people love to bully me in the reviews. They all love Olivia, though. 
Like, oh, not always. Someone said I'm lackluster the other day. So yeah, <laughs> I'll try used to, to. People used to say your accent was annoying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a very upwards inflection. I've never okay. noticed that till that person pointed that out. <laughs> Only leave us nice reviews. That's we, and if you haven't left a review and you just like want to make us feel a little better about ourselves, now's the time. <laughs> We did get a really nice review today, which I sent to you. It says, mm-hmm. the best. After following the TCS blog for years, I decided to give the podcast a listen. Now I'm hooked. Their attention to detail is unmatched. So that's Aww. very nice. Lovely. Like, it makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so do that. If you haven't, um, you can leave us a rating on Spotify. That's just stars, which is always good. Um, and share the podcast. If you post it to your Instagram story, is a big help to us. If you post it to your Facebook whatever just share it get the word out it's a big help to us and check out any of our sponsors they're all linked in the episode description and Coe's asked us for any links or codes from past episodes that just shoot us a message on instagram um that's the best place to do that but i think that's it for this episode anything else no i think that's it (laughs) all right well thanks thanks for listening everyone we'll be back next week with a fresh episode peace out see ya